Captain Kyle Smith, and this week I sat down for a morning meeting with retired San Diego Fire Department Captain Matt Praisner. Matt recently retired and credits having the right mentors guiding him early on that allowed him to retire early and begin his new chapter in his life. His advice on how to make the right investment choices couldn't be better. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, hey Matt, welcome to the bullpen. Thanks for meeting me. Hey man, it's great to be here, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really stoked. Uh, it's taken a while to get you here. Um, and, and with that in mind, you're looking all nice and tan and very relaxed. Can you explain where you've been for the last few months? So when COVID hit, uh, I retired. And for the last three months, I was uh, in a camper. I bought a camper and, and took off with my wife almost immediately after retiring. And really it was to, to escape the COVID, but also have fun. And and we saw the United States and we went all through Colorado and Oregon and uh, Washington, uh, Montana, Idaho, everywhere. And just had a blast hiking and fishing and, and camping. And we really saw America and it, it was a, one of the best trips I've ever had. Uh, and that includes going overseas to, to a lot of different places. So, uh, man, it, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. You know, I, I do some traveling myself and, and I do like to get out and see the world, but something I do share with people is how many amazing places we have right here in our backyard. And there's so many cool spots for me to still check off um, right here in the U.S. What, um, what sort of things were you seeing out there? Of course, you're traveling during the pandemic and all that, but what, what, what's going on out in the, in the world there? You know, um, it, it's funny because you get out of California and life is just different. It's a lot more low key. Um, I'm seeing an incredible amount of Trump supporters. And I know this isn't a political venue and I'm not saying one way or the other, but uh, it really was stunning going through um, all these places that you'd sit down at a restaurant. And of course it was all outside, but every single person would have a Trump hat on or a Trump shirt on. Uh, and, and you just don't see that in California. Um, and, uh, so just things like that, but uh, everything in general is just so much more laid back than we are here in California. Huh. Interesting. I guess maybe that's a function of, of what part of the country you're in, but it is interesting when you get out of your own bubble where you see, well, it probably, probably, um, was evident to you just how big this country really is. I mean, it's massive and, um, it's just cool. Looking at you here, it's yeah. the first time I've actually seen you since you've been back, and uh, you look great. So, anyway, I'm happy for you. Thank you, bud. Thank you. Well, cool. You ready to get this thing started? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good deal. Here comes your first alarm. Um, as you will remember, it hasn't been that long since you've been gone. Uh, you will remember that a first alarm on the San Diego Fire Department is uh, four engines in a truck, but here at the firehouse, I'll ask you four questions. You give us one piece of advice. That sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. I almost forgot. It's only been three months it's outside the leads fast that's okay well here you go um and, and this is going to be a, a unique one for you having worked at 19s right alongside 12s um in this case you're going to be first in so with that, okay. being said, yeah. with that being said uh i need to know who, that's right i need to know who you are where you worked and how long you did it for okay uh my name is matt praisner uh, I was with the San Diego Fire Department for 32 years. Uh, before that, I worked as in the Forest Service, worked uh, on an engine company for three years, and then on a hotshot crew for about a year, then got picked up with San Diego. Uh, spent the last 
13 in my career as a captain and the last eight uh, as a captain um, in the inner city. And I was a firefighter in the inner city most of my life too. So um, all the busiest houses uh, and working with the very best guys that wanted to be at the very top of their profession. And, and it was just an outstanding career. I absolutely loved every second of it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and of course, I'm joking about uh, 19 being second in the 12s. But uh, with that said, <laughs> with that said um, it is interesting when you get in and around those firehouses. And, and it's uh, probably the case in every jurisdiction, probably wherever you're just traveling, where you go to these firehouses and it is inspiring and it is really motivating to be around other people that really enjoy the job and really try to improve. Um, I just really love that about our job and um, I'm pretty sure that's the case across the country. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty important to, to mention. And um, yeah, no, I, I can imagine you looking back at 32 years on our job um, with nothing but, but fond memories. Yeah. And you know, to your point, uh, it, I was at 19, it was a very, very busy house and just a single house. So the engine company was, was very busy. And as a 53 year old guy, I don't want to sound like a wuss, but it was kicking my butt. And people were going, hey man, why are you still there? You could cash it in at any time, go someplace slow. I, had, I was one of the most senior captains on our ship, uh, but I couldn't do that. And, and I wanted to be around guys that were energetic about the profession and give back to them uh, what I had. And uh, it, it was just always better for me to take a little beating at night and be with the very best guys. So yeah, I, for sure. I can't for say sure. enough about it. No, absolutely. And, and I think you have to feel grateful in a way that you were able to leave without finishing what we have here in San Diego called the drop. Um, you have to feel very fortunate that you were able to financially also be able to leave when you did. Yeah. And you know, uh, I really, my wife and I are, have always paid attention to our finances and we already, well, we were a year and three months away. I gave up a year and three months to drop. Uh, and by the way, my secret little goal is to make as much money in the stock market as I lost in that drop in the same amount of time. Uh, I don't know if I'll get there, but that's, that's my goal. So we, always pay attention to our finances and I, we had a financial advisor and we had everything already lined up well well ahead of time we knew all our numbers we knew what was going on i, I was really just staying on because i love the job and and love and, and wanted to make that last year drop and as it turns out it's not that big of a deal no and that's, that, that's the important thing is that if you pay attention if you if you really are focused on on the, the end goal, which is a, a happy, healthy retirement, and you can leave early with your health intact, um, then it's a win. And whatever money you left on the on the table, you can for sure make up um, in, in your life after re, after the fire department. So uh, there's some quote where Warren Buffett made more money after the age of 50 than he did prior to. And so, you know, the the even though you're you're retiring off the fire department doesn't mean your investing career ends. It just means this chapter of your life in the fire service is over. That's all. Yeah. And I've always thought just the opposite. My, this is where my investing career and, and of course I had started before this, uh, but this is where my investing career really took off because now I have access to money and it takes money to make money in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and so um, being able to, safely allocate 
money towards stocks, ETFs, things like that now in retirement uh, in, in funds and vehicles that I couldn't access before retirement has, has really increased my portfolio. And, and having that knowledge um, beforehand and building on it to get to the point of this retirement uh, was instrumental to me. I, it was just, um, it was awesome. Yeah. So. so speaking of that knowledge, was that something that you came onto the job with 32, 35 years ago? Is that, did you have some financial background when you came on or, or who were some teachers that kind of put you under their wing and, and showed you the ropes when you were coming up? Yeah. So, uh, nobody. <laughs> and I really, didn't, I, so when I came on, there was a bunch of Vietnam veterans as captains and they barely even talked to me, yeah. but it was always so funny because, because they were older than us. And this is in the, in the early nineties and late eighties. And they would sit me down and tell me, get your money in deferred comp, get your money in 401k. Uh, and luckily enough, I had listened to him because it made such a difference being able to invest that young. And I, and one of the things that would have grown my portfolio even better is if I would have seeked help in what asset allocations I was putting my money towards. I had no clue. I was just putting it in the 401k. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a big thing um, for people to get financial help very early and make sure that they're on, on track. It's really interesting you say that because so many of us have a similar story where it was some, some of the senior members would sit you down and, and I, maybe our generation's a little different because we had, we had captains like yourself, frankly, that would talk to us about these things and, and would try to set us down the right path early on in our career so we could um, use the power of compounding interest to help grow that nest egg over time. Um, and for people listening that aren't familiar, aren't familiar with deferred comp, that's just like a 457B plan that we also have access here in um, the city of San Diego. Um, but yeah. like you, I also, I, I took the advice early on of allocating some money towards deferred comp to the 401k. I didn't know what asset allocation really meant. And so what wound up happening is I, I just put the money there and, and kind of hope for the best. It wasn't until much later that I started paying attention and, and understanding what my risk tolerance was, what my investment goals were and sort of my retirement horizon. Those are all important factors that, that go into an asset allocation. And I have a video that I'll link to here um, that talks about asset allocation and how really important that is. So I, I love that you mentioned that. And speaking of which, how, you know, how does the current economy affect things like someone's asset allocation or their risk tolerance or things like that? What are some things that first responders now can look out for with the, with the economy, sort of the way it is um, sitting here today? Well, first of all, I would hope when we have the crash from the COVID and, and the market plummeted down 30%, it was unprecedented. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like it in my whole life, but I've been following the stock market, you know, for years now, um, just to see every day waking up and the market's limited down. And, and what limited down means is, they have to, it's a circuit breaker on the market. In order to stop it from really crashing, they stop it at a certain point. And I can't remember, it was almost every day for a week, we were limit down every day. It was breathtaking. And I can only imagine, and you and I had had some conversations right during that time. In fact, right as it was really starting to go down um, about what we were gonna do. Well, my risk tolerance is different right now than it was when, you know, when I was younger. But getting back to 
getting back to young guys, um, I hope that they looked at their 401ks and deferred comp and saw the damage that it, that it did and saw how breathtaking it was and realized that if the market goes down 50%, it takes 100%. The market's a percentage, right? It takes 100% to get back. Now, we've had an amazing recovery. We've had, you know, um, what's known as a V recovery. Uh, so the market went down really quick and up really quick. Um, so people pretty much, I would imagine right now, have their 401ks and 457s back to kind of where they were. But that's not always the case. And it can take years to get that money back in, into your 401k. Uh, and, and really do some financial damage to you. Um, if you're a new investor, you want to stay invested for sure. But if you're toward the end of your career, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you might want to scale back when you see things like that happen. Uh, I had a rule for myself. This is just Matt Prazer's rule of investing, that if we started a war, if we had a terrorist attack, uh, we had any kind of big, giant... Um, uh, event in our world that could collapse the market, like we had 9-11, uh, like we had the financial crisis in 2008, that, you know, I was going to get out and, um, and keep my money on the sidelines. And, and that's what I did. But, but that's strictly for me because I follow the markets every single day. What I want to impress upon people is to find a financial advisor. And then when these events happen, because they're not following the market every day, call your financial advisor, be, be part of a team with them and, and be guided by what they, what they offer you. Yeah, I love that. And I, I've recently interviewed some financial advisors. And again, I'll link that here. Um, your point about, you know, if the market drops 50%, it takes 100% to get back to get just get back to even. So yeah. how do how do first responders manage that without getting into the realm of trying to time the market, right? We always talk about time in the market is more important than timing the market. So how do we, how do we balance not riding the roller coaster all the way down? Yeah. With, you know, trying not to time it perfectly. What, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, you never want to, you, you, you never want to try and time the market, especially as a novice investor. Um, and so my take is just to stay invested, but already have your allocations in a diverse portfolio where you're not going to get hurt that much. And then talk to your advisor, how, you know, if they want to roll you back a little bit, then roll it back to be safe. They, they, these guys that, uh, these financial advisors are very savvy on the markets. They're, it's their whole life. So they're, they're watching it. Firemen aren't. Um, and so you can't really pick a top or bottom, but you can always protect your money if you need to. I, I would never recommend that anybody below 40, 45 years old do anything but stay invested. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think probably what you're talking about is, is if the market starts to turn, you just adjust your asset allocation a little bit, but your point about uh, fire um, financial advisors watching the market day in and day out. They are the professionals. We talk about this a lot where we would never have a financial advisor come try to put a fire out on, on an incident. Yeah. Why are we trying to, why are we trying to do their job? Part of it is because we're type A personalities, right? We're all can do people. We're professional problem solvers. 
But when it comes to stuff like this, it really does help to have a professional in your corner. So um, no, I think that's really well said. So uh, with that in mind, what's sort of the biggest mistake you see some of our folks making as it relates to personal finance? I would say not paying attention to what, I would just say they need to pay attention. And, and I'll tell you, when we talk about mistakes, I've made some doozies. Uh, I lost three homes in the 2008 uh, downturn, uh, mostly because I bought at the top of the market and, or close to it. Um, I've lost, um, I've blown up one or two small accounts in, in my trading accounts. Uh, I've lost $62,000 in, in a brewery that we all know about. And um, so I've made some doozies and I've learned from them. Uh, but what I would impress on people is that investing is 10% entry point, 10% exit point, and 80% patience. Wait till the market gives you a bag of cash and you just have to come over and pick it up off the floor. And those opportunities present themselves all the time. And not all the time, but you, you got to wait for them. But, but right now, I, I feel like we might be at the top of a real estate market. Um, I just had a very good friend sell his house and, 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 and really, really do a lot better than he ever thought he would because he's selling at the right time. Mm -hmm. In reverse of that, he bought at the right time. He bought in 2008 when everything was crashed. So it was well worth it for him to, to wait for the timing of that investment. I think that is one of the biggest keys. Now, if it's your own house or if it's a place uh, that you want as a vacation place uh, and you're not really worried about making money on it, then of course it, your, your time is not that big of a deal. But if, if you are investing your money and you plan on making money, then patience is absolutely the key to me. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with that more, that sentiment more. And I think 10% in for your friend getting in in 2008, then the 10% out getting out in 2020 when the stock or when the real estate market is absolutely going bananas is incredible. But it was that 80% patience from 2008 till now where he probably could have sold a couple of years ago and done well, but because he had that patience to, to, you know, sell at the top of the market, he probably just did outstanding. So that's, that's perfect. Um, if, if somebody's looking to learn more about this, if, if somebody is, is going to take your advice about paying attention, like there's so much noise out there. Sometimes it's hard to filter through what is just, you know, some clickbait on the internet. They're just trying to get you to click to their website versus actual real um, digestible information that somebody can take action on. Where would you point somebody? What resource would you point somebody to? Uh, you're right. You can click on all kinds of stuff on YouTube and you could be all over the map. I stick with people that I know. I, I pay, I pay $3,000 a year to um, have people talk to me about the market who are pros. And I actually sit in on trading rooms with them uh, and do the same trades as them. Uh, and that's what's beneficial to me. And, and I'll do a trade and we'll follow that trade from the time I put it on all the way till the time that we close it. And I'm being guided by this person the entire sequence through where, you know, you get on YouTube and some Joe will just be saying, hey, buy Apple today, you know, and, and then you're lost. You're, well, what now? Okay, I bought Apple, but you're not managing the trade. Um, 
but there's a lot of really quality Charles Schwab. Uh, I use TD Ameritrade. They all have online education uh, tools that you can use for free. And it'll give you a really good background into investing in the stock market. It'll teach you the basics of fundamentals, and the basics of technical analysis. Um, and, and you can start making small trades. And both of them, by the way, offer, and I use this all the time, even today, uh, both of them offer what they call paper trades. So you can try trading on a platform and not use your real money uh, and, and, and see how you do. And if you're doing well, then, then you can put your real money to work. Um, and once you get those basics down, uh, then you would want to advance into, to, if, it, if you were into it, you'd want to advance then into somebody that you paid and a little bit more knowledgeable. Um, but those are great places to start. Oh, I love that. What, what it kind of strikes me as the paper trades on both Schwab and TD Ameritrade, which I'll link to in the show notes, it reminds me of somebody learning real estate through playing Monopoly where you're just kind of yeah. learning the ropes, right? I mean, you're, you don't have yeah. skin in the game, so you can, you know, you're not, you're not playing with, with scared money, right? We're, we're motivated by either scare, uh, by be, by either fear or greed. Well, with this paper trading on Schwab or TD Ameritrade, it kind of gives you a, a, a free entry into the world of, of stock market investing. And um, yeah, what a, what a great thing. But it is a good thing. The, the only caveat to that though, Kyle, is when you lose on that, it doesn't hurt like it does when you lose your real money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you land on you land on uh, uh, Broadway with with two hotels on it. It hurts in Monopoly, but not like it would really hurt like if you actually did. But uh, that thing you said about the thing you mentioned about yeah, right. um, you know paying three grand a year to an advisor uh, to help you with all these trades. Like, how do you reconcile that with with us as firefighters, we're naturally, we're, we are all cheapskates. And so coming up with paying that three grand yeah. out of pocket, I, I imagine is a, you know, you're getting a lot more of that back in return. You know, you're right. And, and I'm as cheap as anybody. Um, I spent my entire day looking for a refrigerator just to save a hundred bucks today. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it took me probably, it took me probably nine months to, to put that money to work just to say here's your three grand yeah and once i did it was so valuable uh i probably made that three grand back and this is and i'm only trading off a ten thousand dollar account but i probably made that three grand back i'd say in six to eight weeks mm -hmm. something like that you know i made it back pretty quickly mm -hmm. uh and, but the education i got from it um was was invaluable and, and and here's what i've always said and i'm going to give some props to summit financial i use uh as my my uh advisor i use dave Tadeo, who's uh, tony Tadeo's father um but it's a one-stop shop when i go in there my taxes are there um my my brokerage account is there i talk to dave about stocks all the time um and so well they charge a little bit more than maybe you're at but then you know, uh, some of these other smaller tax firms, you're getting more out of it. Uh, and they also give you two, two um, sessions a, a year uh, where you can come down and adjust your portfolio with them and talk to them uh, and get financial advice for free. It's included in the fee. And I, while I'm giving props to Summit Financial, 
um, there's many tax firms and financial firms that do the same thing. And so now you've got your taxes in the same place as you do your finances and everything's jiving. Yeah. And not to mention, just really quick, not to mention if I die, then my wife has a place to go that we know and trust and everything's already taken care of in the same place. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And, and um, I'll link to some of financial in the show notes as well. And for people listening that don't know, Tony Tadeo is a captain on our job and his dad, David, is uh, the founder and owner of Summit Financial where a lot of our firefighters go. So that's uh, perfect. Now, Matt, right. um, looking back, looking back, I know, I know we can't change the past, but looking back, is there any advice that you would give your 25 year old self? Well, I wish I would have, I wish I would have started earlier, you know, um, I, I wish I would have known the power, um, of, of compound interest and compound, uh, financing. Uh, I started off, I think I started off with only, uh, Two hundred dollars a paycheck into my deferred comp and four hundred one k, and uh, it took me a while before I grew to wanting to to max it out. Um, but maxing it out, uh, and by the way, I, I'm lucky I don't have kids. You know, everybody's in a different situation. Um, but I found for the years that I had my four hundred one k completely maxed out. Wow, what a what a difference it made in my life and in retirement now and. And I'll tell you, when you get to the point of retiring, no matter how much money you have, you're nervous. You're thinking, man, this is it for the rest of my life. I got to make this work. Huh. And then you get on the other side of it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm okay. You know, yeah. and it's just like a relief. Yeah. Uh, but you, you want to retire well. And it's not that Stacey and I are, are, are rich by any means. Um, but we can kind of do what we want um, within within certain reasons and not blow up our accounts and yeah. and um, and I think that's that would be the goal of most firemen really you know you just want to be comfortable you want to if you want to go on a trip to uh, Italy you can do it you know you you don't have to stay at a five star hotel the whole time you're there um, but but you can do these trips or you can buy that boat or whatever you might want to do. Um, in retirement, you really want to have the money to live well because you live well every day and it, it is really fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, no. And I think you know, nobody, nobody joins the fire service thinking it, it's their opportunity to get rich. Nobody joins this profession for the money, right? We do it because we love to serve and we have a, a calling to this line of work. But like you're saying, if you just pay attention, if you just focus a little bit when you're in your sort of first 10 years on the job or something and allow the power of compounding interest to build over time. You can be sitting here um, in this amazing uh, retirement life doing the things that you want. Like you said, we're not going to live some extravagant life, but we are going to be comfortable and we are going to enjoy ourselves. Um, one thing I do take issue with, um, with what you said, you said, you're lucky you don't have kids. Some of us actually think it's lucky to have kids, but I don't have to pay for college. Right. Uh, you know, those things, that's what I meant by it. But yeah. Um, so no, I'm just, I'm just thinking to you. No, it's because like, so many of our guys, I'm in my early fifties, right? So many of our guys are still throwing their kids through college at that age. Yeah. 
So um, I, I didn't, uh, luckily for me, I didn't have to do it. But, uh, you know, everybody has, their, everybody's different in, in the way they, uh, in the times of their lives, you know. No, I'm, uh, of course, I'm just yanking your chain. But what, I, what yeah. I'm hearing you say is you didn't just waste that money. You know, because you didn't have the financial responsibility of kids, you could have just blown everything as you're coming up through the ranks, but you didn't. You were intentional and you had an eye for the future um, where you set yourself and, and your lovely wife up um, really well. So I'm, I'm stoked for you. Um, yeah, you know, can I just say something really quick too? This is where I think we got our guys and they're, they're getting a lot of um, a lot of money in their 401ks, right? Because the city's matching them at 11%. And so all of a sudden, in no time, they have two or $300,000 in their 401ks. And they're like, oh man, I'm going to be really, really rich by the time I'm done. And, and I hope they are, but I hope they also realize that you have to be disciplined in retirement and you can only take out four to 5% at the very most of your portfolio each year in order to keep your nest egg. So for round numbers, if you had a million dollars in your portfolio and you can only take out $40,000, and you got to live on that with healthcare and everything else, you really got to have a heck of a portfolio in order to have a comfortable life. And, and that's why I will always say that a pension is better. And there's many reasons, but that's one of the reasons I will say that unfortunately I will always feel a pension is better, but always um, for these young guys, they need to mind um, all those things. And, and, and what if you had that 50% drawdown right when you were 55 and wanted to leave? And now you only had a, a few, you know, a million bucks instead of two million bucks. Um, it can really significantly impact your life. No, that's, that's exactly right. And, and again, for those that are listening that aren't from this city, we have a, a tiered system where people that were um, hired in 2012 have uh, a 401a type of retirement, whereas people hired before that have a pension. So it, we're talking about either a defined contribution or a defined benefit. Um, and, and I happen to be in perfect agreement with you there. You, you mentioned um, sequence risk of returns. You, if somebody retired at the same time that you did with a 401a type of retirement, they could be seriously, seriously struggling. And even that 4% rule that you were referencing earlier, uh, I was listening to a, a interview with Burton Malkiel, the author of Random Walk Down Wall Street. He's even saying the 4% rule might be obsolete. It might be something more closer to like 3% um, based on how expensive things like healthcare are getting. So um, I think people really, really do need to take a look at that. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we will get everybody back into our pension system soon um, because it is, it's, it's really important. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And uh, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, with that, Matt, um, it looks like you knocked the rust off pretty well because you got knocked down on your first alarm. <laughs> right on. Yeah, awesome. So if, uh, if, if people are looking to learn more about you, Matt, where could they find you? You know, I guess uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can look me up on Facebook and message me. Um, always been an open book I, I'm to help and mentor people. Um, so I, I'm available 24-7 to ask any questions or, or give advice, you know? So I, I enjoy it. I like talking about it and I, I love helping firefighters and people. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We appreciate that. And, and, you know, it's people like you having these conversations with people like me 
back when I was coming up and now I'm trying to pay that forward to the next generation. And that really is the essence of what the firehouse is all about is continuing this conversation so that in 20, 30 years, when we're sitting in, in your same position, we will be looking back and, and thinking, man, I'm really glad I took Matt's advice. From For me, it was a guy like Benson Perez. I'm really glad he sat me down back in the day and um, put his arm around me and said, Hey, look, this is what you need to do. If you want to be, if you want to be uh, happy and healthy, live in a nice retirement. So, well, well, what a great guy. And, and, you know, I had my mentors, I had um, uh, Chief Middleton, and I had another mentor too that owned, he, he's since passed, but he owned an electronics company. And, and both these guys were older and wiser. And, and I really looked up to them. And I think that if I could give two pieces of advice is get a mentor in, in your life one person that you that you absolutely trust but who's knowledgeable uh bill is knowledgeable on not only the fire department and leadership uh but working around the house he's just an all-around pretty pretty savvy guy and and he was invested in the stock market he was invested in the real estate market uh and we would have hours long conversation all the time and, and we still do uh I, in fact i visited him on my trip uh, and, um, just an incredible mentor to me. And, and you know, it helps the mentors too, because you're feeding back and forth and you're giving each other ideas. Uh, and the other thing I want to touch on is, is who your friends are. And I always felt I needed to surround myself with people that were moving forward with their lives and, and really trying to make a difference in their lives, whether they were investing in real estate, whether they were um, trying to be good firemen and, and, and really good at their job, who, whatever they were doing, that's where I latched onto. Um, and, and then, and, and I don't mean to say this in a cruel way by any means, um, but the people that weren't doing that with their lives, I, I kind of put back a little bit more on arm's length. And it's not that I wasn't friends with them. I just, kind of picked and choose what I did with them a little bit more. And, and I'll give you an example. Uh, we just had our interest rates to fall dramatically, right? A lot of people don't know that. But the circle of friends that I have are talking about it every day. Uh, and, and so you can get yourself in a circle of friends that are going nowhere. Uh, and, and you will go nowhere with them. Uh, and it kind of comes back to when you go to a firehouse and the leadership there is poor and you might have a rotten egg on the uh, on the crew and you just see that whole crew not training and 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 and, and just a subpar crew as compared to when the leadership is strong and and the whole crew revolves around it and you got really strong firefighters uh those are the people that, that you want to surround yourself with um, and it makes a difference in your life. It makes a difference in your decision tree in, in everyday life. And you compound that by every day, every week, every year, pretty soon, five years down the road, you're, you're really a lot better person just being surrounded by your good friends. Oh, that's perfect. You know, the, the mentorship part of the fire service, it, it really is, it's, a, it's like a pillar of the fire service is that bringing up the, the next generation and showing them the ropes, preventing them from making the same dumb mistakes that you might've made in the past, helping keeping them safe, happy, healthy. Um, and then too, the part about the, the five close friends, there's, there's a saying that you are the sum 
total of your five closest uh, friends. So if you're yep. hanging around, if you're hanging around people not doing anything with their lives, not going anywhere, well, it's going to be an anchor for you. It's going to drag you down. Whereas it, on the other hand, like how you've done, you've got that core group of five that, that help make you better. Um, I think that's a really important thing for people to hear. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it, go ahead. No, I, no, please go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and, 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 and just be a student of everything that you want to learn. Uh, I was a student of leadership. I was a student of firemanship. I was a student of the financial markets. Uh, and it takes a long time to, uh, um, who's that other, I forget, but he t talks about 10,000 hours it takes to be an expert at something, you know? Yeah, um, Malcolm. I, well, yeah, Malcolm, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, uh, always always be always be learning yeah that's Sorry. perfect and uh yeah no i think that's i think that's the perfect way to wrap things up matt um be it be a student of the things that are important to you um whether it's it's things at work where you can never know enough you can never get too good at your job whether it's the financial markets or it's uh the friends that you keep and and the family that you love you can never you can never spend too much time doing those things so um with that i want to just thank you um for being a mentor of mine when I was coming up um, for your service to the city and um, for your time today. Hey man, it was absolutely my pleasure. I love what you're doing and you're, you're really helping a lot of firefighters. Um, it, it's become a stigma in the fire service now where not too many people talk about finances and I, and, and here you are putting out all this stuff and it, I, I just, I, can't thank you enough. I, I, my hat is off to you. And I know it's a lot of hard work on your, uh, on your behalf. Uh, and so I'm honored to be on here and thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks again to Matt for meeting me here in the bullpen. His advice about being patient with your investments while making smart entry and exit points is just spot on. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Matt, you can find him on Facebook at Matthew Praisner. That's P-R-A-I-Z-N-E-R or he'll be out there on the road somewhere across America with his lovely bride and their dogs. If you'd like to learn more about us, we're on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's f.i.r.ehouse. On Instagram, the underscore fire underscore house. On LinkedIn, The Firehouse Investors, or any place you listen to podcasts. If you learned something today and you'd like to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe. But no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Station F.